0: Welcome back to the Adaptive Podcast. I'm Simon Date and with me today is uh, Steve Rick from the Engineering Construction Industry Training Body or ECITB for short. I think we'll refer to them as that in the future. Yeah. Hey, Steve, good to have you on. Thanks, Simon. Good to be here. Um, Can you tell me a bit about your job at the ECITB, like what you do and what your your team does? Yeah,
1: so... um, uh... My, my job title is Senior Service Designer, um, which does what it says on the tin, really. Um, you know, starts, looks at designing new services for the ECITB, uh, but also really focuses on things like UX and UI uh, a lot inside learning technologies. Um, my department is very focused on learning technologies. Uh, I've been involved in education for, for a very long time. Uh, mm-hmm. It's coming up to, it must be coming up to nearly 20 years now if not a little bit. Yeah, it will be 20 years next year. Um, And I've always been involved in ed tech uh, one way or another, Um, but really focused on ed tech over the last 10, 12 years. Um, So, yeah, but my team looks after what is learning technologies for the ECITB.
0: Great. And I guess, could you tell people a bit about the ECITB?
1: The East ITB is the Engineering Construction Industry Engineering Construction Industry Training Board. Um, it's, a, it's a long name.
0: It is a yeah, long. I was name. going to say even you uh, are struggling to. <laughs> yeah.
1: every time I get to the word, uh, what I always go the I. I'm sure it's industry. I know it's industry, um, but the Industry Construction Industry Train Engineering Construction Industry Training Board uh, is um, an at arm's length body of the Department for Education. Yep. And what we do is we we are a training board that helps look after the engineering construction sector. And a lot of people think when they think of engineering construction, the first thing that they think about is, you know, high rise buildings going up and things like that. Actually, the engineering construction sector that we look after is all around energy um, yeah. and uh, utilities management. So things uh, we look after the nuclear sector, for example, the renewables most of the renewable sector uh the oil and gas sector um water treatment, some pharmaceuticals, some food manufacturing that type of thing uh, as a training board we help ensure that the people of those in those workforces stay trained and up to date um, and we look after qualifications and things like that on their behalf um but we also become this uh this influencing body with them um getting them to talk and to also future protect the industry so things like the energy crisis that's going on now um we're heavily involved with our organizations to understand what training and development needs are are needed to ensure that we can overcome the energy crisis in futures yeah great excellent
0: um but your your clients you you aren't creating learning for your employees per se you're creating them for your no customers we're,
1: we're creating them for the whole sector yeah yeah so um we, our, we we make some things for our internal workforce, but a lot of this is is focused on everybody inside engineering construction, um, of which the numbers seem to go up and down every year. But you know, it's around seventy to eighty thousand people is is that wow. what we're creating we're creating content
0: for. So there's a, a massive audience of people
1: and. Um huge audience with, in all different jobs, you know, so um, people working in offices to people working on oil rigs or working inside nuclear settings. It's 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 a vast amount of people in different job roles.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the reason why I wanted to invite you on today was to talk about XAPI, which is a technology that I know you use. And yeah, obviously with that amount of learners, that scale of learners, I know that obviously you have a huge amount of data. Lots of people who are reluctant to use XAPI are these smaller organizations that might only have a few hundred or a few thousand learners that they can uh, collect data from. But obviously you have this massive collection of people. Um, Can you tell me about like how you deploy XAPI? Like um, I use Adapt. So obviously you have the Adapt plugin, which you add your courses and you connect it in. But then... I think you use a learning locker, LRS, I believe, or learning record store. Yeah,
1: that's right. Yeah, we do. Um, so we're in a transition into XAPI. Um, so everything that we create is built on XAPI, but we also use a lot of content from other providers. Um, so we we've got uh, access into the Open Sesame catalog, for example, um, okay. which for any of your listeners. Um, you may use open mean You they they're like a go one so they they're almost a yeah. content library where you can pull down and they on they're all scorm every single one of those courses is scorm that we put onto okay. our learner experience platform hmm. but the things that we create we want to have more insight more data behind it um so we, we've adopted the standard of going on xapi scorm eventually will go um it probably it's going to be it's going to be a long tail process it's probably going to take another 10 15 years before everybody's transitioned across that to x api but we might as well just start from scratch with it um and yeah it's attached to to learning locker which is our learner record store um but it just helps us really understand actually the flow of what we're creating and if there are any pinch points and that's you know i Part of my job role is to understand the data behind everything to make the right assumptions out of the data sets. It's not just to create something and hope that it lands. And that's the point of my job role in service design is is continually adapting and changing things to make sure that it comes to the outcome that we're expecting. Um, So XAPI is the right thing. Uh, When when you look at SCORM, if you're just going to wrap it up, and then kick it out and then see X amount of people have failed, you don't know where they're failing at throughout that process. XAPI helps us understand where they're failing through that process. So then we can start to change things so people don't fail. Or if we're seeing that everybody's completing, we're going, Well, something's going wrong there as well. So you need to have that <laughs> nice uh that nice area of where there's the right amount of people getting to the end outcome.
0: Okay. So for you, XCPI is mostly about learning design and instructional design, making sure that the content is correct and applicable and difficult enough subject matter.
1: We use it for that, but we also use it in understanding where people, um, we can start to create more content that where people are hovering around for longer. So. Mm we can start to go, oh, do you want somebody took X amount of time on that page or on that piece of resource or on that video, therefore there's a real key interest in that. If X amount of people are doing that, therefore should we start looking at building resource in that area too? Yeah. So it really starts to inform our development roadmap and our product roadmaps on what we might create a- thereafter as well.
0: So the data that you collect from XAPI, you have, you know, I if you logged into an LRS, you've seen like all the, yeah. like this statement like this person clicked yeah, in, this yeah. person did this. Like yeah. can you analyze the data? Is that a good way to analyze data or do you have to use like a, another tool after that? Like no, so
1: Yeah. So we plug it into Power BI thereafter yeah. to be honest. Just cool. because you want quick snapshot stuff a lot of the time, right? You you don't be going through line and line and line <laughs> of code. And, and and really inside our learner record store at the minute, there are only certain values that are set up. So we pull all that data through and put it to Power BI and interrogate in there.
0: Okay, cool. And I've never used Power BI myself, so I don't know what the process is, but I, does it like, do you have to prompt it to ask the questions or can it like, can it find interesting uh, outcomes?
1: We're relative, we're relatively new to Power BI.
0: Um,
1: and it's not me who does it. You know, that's one, <laughs> one good thing about having a team is, you yeah. uh, you set, you set challenges to people who, who love that type of thing. So, uh, there's a guy in my team, Sean, who's actually the digital product owner uh, for the platform. And We set him the task of understanding Power BI and coming up with the dashboards for us. And he's been on a bit of a learning curve with it over the last, I'd say, six to eight weeks. Um, but the reports that he's producing now are, are phenomenal. Uh, and, yeah. you know, we are asked for some data not half an hour ago, which... Before you go into, you learn a record store, you would interrogate your dashboards that you've got set up in there, but you might have to move some things around. In Power BI, you can just put in new values and it automatically pulls them through for you. So we came up with that data set in 20 minutes today rather than in what would have probably took, I don't know, four to five hours inside the LRS.
0: Wow, well, yeah. Uh,
1: By having to create a new dashboard and things like that. So, yeah, it's, it's really cut down on time and... Not only that, because you can start to build your own versions of dashboards as well, it really helps go, okay, we can really deep dive on certain things now as well.
0: Well, have you found, I mean, can you give me some examples of anything you've, I know you've only been using it for a few months at this point, but like, is there any interesting analytics that you found? Anything that you think a a a real life example of what you can record? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So um, completion statuses from enrollment statuses. So you could see that in in an LRS dashboard, right, because you just set up those two things. But actually when you can start to see where people are up to in percentage of completion Uh on the enrolment status and then how long they've not been around, you know, not logged back in for and things like that, you can start to overload those data into uh, what is a percentage of uh, time before somebody's likely to complete a course Mm. rather than it just being somebody's Uh enrolled and somebody has now completed we can now predict how long a course is going to take. Okay. Because we, we all know by guided learning hours, we all know by, oh, you know, we've built this course and it's a two-hour course to go through. But people don't learn that way. A lot of people are micro-based learning. And actually, if we go, oh, if people are going to learn for five, 10 minutes at a time once a week, we can, we can put a string together there. But quite often people will do half an hour here then two weeks later they'll do a five minute thing and then a week later they'll do another half an hour thing till the course is complete and we can see then that over a three week trend is how long it's taking to complete and if we do that over a lot of people we can then get to a mean average of how long that course is likely to be completed in
0: interesting yeah i wouldn't afford that i you know i've always assumed a lot of e-learning is done on the spot like it's mandated to be done but if it is more like a lxp where you have more freedom to just jump in and out, yeah, and that
1: it's really critical for me when when we came up with this strategy. I came up with this strategy three years ago. Now, um, it was all based on LXP. It's mm. all about experience. I don't. Learning management systems are brilliant, and they are there for a reason, right? But it's there to mandate to do something. And actually, the whole point of a learning management system to me is to manage a learner which quite often then falls down on that service design front end of how do you keep people engaged? So I wanted to build an LXP where people wanted to return to it and wanted to come, come back to it and be able to go back to a, a, a course that they'd started and rejoin it again and all those different things. Mm. Whereas in learning management, it's all about getting somebody to do, go from point A to point B. We don't learn in point A to point B very much anymore we, we often don't have the time to i think everybody would love to go point a to point b but realistically you get pulled left right and center especially from with the working at home culture now you know everybody's got a kitchen next door to them now and it's easy to go <laughs> get a cup of coffee um but also there's always a knock at the door amazon's turned up for the 15th time today or whatever it is your day stops and actually you return back to computer you have everybody works from a computer base now And actually, nobody knows the next email that's going to drop in and how fast you're going to have to react to things. So learning isn't in a classroom where it is uh, set up as an environment where you are there to learn. So therefore, you've got to think about the experience of the learner instead. Yeah. And that experience of the learner is fitting into their daily life rather than trying to enforce their daily life to learn.
0: Some of your learners are people who are on-site, you know, yeah, as far as yeah, 100%. On, you know, oil, oil wells on the, the North Sea, you know, really far out yeah. locations yeah. like that. Like do those learners have different needs as well? And like can you do you notice yeah. from the data that they have different way they learn?
1: Yeah. So at the minute I wouldn't say we've got a full data set to be able to fully understand it. So I, mean, I think we're still okay. quite early in what we're trying to achieve. Um, and a lot a lot of that a lot of the ECI market is still mandated learning. You know, is you've got to have this certificate to be able to get onto that oil rig in the North Sea or you've got to have this certificate to get into size well um, in in a nuclear reactor. So a lot of it is enforced at that front end, and that's where we see a lot of completions happening quickly. Uh, And it's great to see that uh, because they're just using a different medium and going through through our LXP to do that now rather than having to go to a classroom. But actually what that's actually really helped those organisations do is and this is a bit that's really unquantifiable at the minute where I'd love to be able to get it to be quantifiable, is go, that saved X amount of time and X amount of pounds in in having to do that. Um, mm. When it comes down to people accessing in different places, that's where we'll get to in the next couple of years, I'd say. Uh, you know, So if somebody is on a rig in the North Sea, did they come in through a mobile? Was it a five-minute piece of micro-learning? Is it uh, in or out of hours? You know, there's a lot of the industry still see see things as shift work and actually pay for shift work. And if somebody's doing learning inside it, they might have a different rate of pay compared to if they're actually working and all those different things. So the data set over the next I'm really excited at putting these foundations in now. So the data set in four to five years time will be brilliant and then we can really start to interrogate through data science of how learning takes place rather than just having assumptions about how learning takes place
0: interesting well that's, that sounds really amazing yeah um and because your customers obviously come you as i said earlier you don't directly work with customers like they are part of a company that yeah. hires yeah. you like are those uh companies interested in procuring this data for themselves like do you sell it to them or do they get it no, for free?
1: No, they get it for free. They get it okay. for free. I think knowledge is knowledge should be shared. As soon as you mm. hold on to knowledge, um, people can really start to start to I don't like using the word hate, but people could <laughs> really start to look at you in a different way when you have this power curve. Yeah. Um actually all bits of understanding that we understand, you know, we don't let people see our dashboards and things like that because that is it's ours and GDPR-wise, there's lots of different information in there. But to be able to go back to a company and say, oh, X amount of your learners learnt it this time of day through your own individualised dashboard is where we're going to. Hence why the Power BI thing um, mm-hmm. plugging into the LRS came about because we wanted to say, well, everybody should be able to interrogate their own data and go, you know, X person has done this course X person did it in this time frame. X person had so many attempts and so many fails, this type of thing. So we're creating individual Power BI dashboards for each of our organizations who is on our LXP. Great. And
0: yeah, and they, they look they they're a lot happier with this model and
1: Yeah. I mean we haven't released any as of yet. So I can't give you a, a, a full yeah, they love it. But actually we know that they want the data. You know, we get asked it. So uh, inside our team we've got a customer success manager. And that customer success manager has meetings with our organizations set up, you know, might be weekly, fortnightly, monthly, depending on how much usage is happening at that time. But the questions that quite often get asked are, oh, has everybody in that cohort completed? Has everybody not? Now, don't get me wrong. A lot of our organizations have got – we set up our model that if you're a small organization or don't have the admin or the resource to look after an LXP – we'll do it on your behalf and those organizations are the one that ask us for that type of information but we also have another model so our LXP that we got um that we procured um we can set up child sites of our of our overarching LXP so we can brand it as those companies okay so wow. each one of those have got reporting dashboards inside the LXP so they can see a lot of the things that are happening but that where their power bi dashboard will help was be able to go oh, here's some future trends that we need to look at now? Um, okay. Wow. So, oh, X amount of people uh, are trained in this. Therefore, if they did this, they might be able to get to point C, D, or E. Interesting. Wow. Data science is exciting, right? It's
0: yeah. No, I. I mean, uh, yeah. I. It's. I know it's a very big industry. Like, it's a very emerging field. Lots yeah. of people who did maths or computer science have moved into that industry and um, yeah. being able to use those tools and. Query data is a really important skill. Um, but you know you know how data science is,
1: is, especially in our roles now, is becoming a real thing of, wouldn't it be great to have a data scientist in, in a job role? Help yeah. us interrogate and understand and future. That's going to be the same for every industry at some mm. point. Um, and our industries that we look after are already employing data scientists and things like that. You know, it's, it's they, they need to understand not what is what just is as is now they need to go what is as is and what is future and actually how do we get there and that's what data science we're going to be using data scientists for
0: yeah i mean once you have this all working in production you have established your teams like how long do you think it would take from a data scientist finding an interesting query or or finding a you know interesting outcome and then yeah. you being able to action a response in, in, like, for example, like you said, if something, um, a certain page in a course, they like spending yeah. a long time of it, like you could make that more content. Like, yeah, so
1: I, w- I would hope that we'll be creating content in, in a six to eight week block. Wow. So we were, we were running agile because uh, oh. we're a technology team.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it's
1: the law we have to. Yeah. Yeah. Um we work with we work in a waterfall organization though, so that, that has its own problems at times. Hmm. But I would I would think no longer we run on two week sprints, so I would wow. be going no longer than four weeks um to to fully understand that and have something out and be prototyped and pilot in that time. Uh, I wouldn't it wouldn't go for full release in that time. Um yeah. but for for prototype and piloting, definitely, you know, okay. four yeah. sprints.
0: Is your model flexible enough to support giving? a Because one of the benefits with learning record stores is that um, the ho- the ho- like the analytics hosting is separate from the the file itself, which has been deployed. Yeah. So you can yeah. have an LMS and then you can have an LRS on separate sites, but like reporting together. Like, would your model be flexible enough that if a client wanted to be able to ho- like host uh, a package on their learning management system? That you could do that and then still provide the analytics, or is that yeah. far, far down the road? I mean, yeah,
1: yeah, no, no, that's that's actually a very <laughs> big topic of discussion at the moment. Yeah. Um, so one of the things, you no, know, we can, we're fortunate in regards to we we released everything in January this year, realistically to all of our employees, and mm. you know we've got in around two hundred and eighty to three hundred employees who actively. are are part of our network in the ECI. Wow. Um, And we've already got 83 of those on our system in one way or another. Wow. So, and and that was a team of three of us. Well, actually, it was two of us until three months ago, and then a third person joined my team. Uh, And then I had another person join last month. So you can see we're on this real hockey stick of growth really quickly. Um, By the end of the year, we're predicting – and these are substantive figures, but we're, we're, we're predicting that we'll have in and around 100 organisations or more utilising the system with over 10,000 users. And that's literally in, in a 12-month window. So we know the proposition's right. Yeah. Um, but one of the ways that I know to make technology become fully adoptable is when you get that fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth login, not the first right of course um and a way to get people to keep returning is to make it a central hub for people to want to go back to so it's not just seen as a learning platform but actually it becomes a company platform and a company piece of technology mm. so when we have the employer owned academies which are the ones that are completely branded as them inside these child accounts um, I'm I've put a notion to the ECITB board that we we allow those organisations to upload their own content inside it, but there's a lot of IP discussion to have, right? Yeah, you know, yeah, it's, of course, yeah. So that that's where we've got to really think through the notions there. I've got the idea of it, but actually, how we get to it, there's a lot of things, a lot of hoops we've got to jump through. Um, but I hope that within the next six months or so, that we'll be allowing organisations to upload their own content into their own version inside our child site. Um, and at that point, we'll then be able to create dashboards in Power BI from the LRS store to show that people are doing things.
0: Yeah, wow, that sounds amazing, and I think um, I'm sure the customers are going to be very happy once they have the ability to see that. Yeah, um, most definitely. I
1: mean, it's been requested from our organisations every, all those organisations, you know, that you say, can we can we start to put some of our content on there? You know, lots of organisations are are really good. At, if there, if, if there isn't something in the marketplace for them that suits their needs, they'll go and buy it or they'll create it themselves. And actually we shouldn't be turning them off from being able to use that on our yeah. systems. We've, we've got to be able to help enable that learning to still take place. Yeah, oh, that sounds good.
0: I mean, um, this has been a really good conversation. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Um, any kind of shout outs or anything like that? No,
1: not at all. No, no, um, I think it's, I'd like to give a shout-out to to, a, to adapters in a system, to be honest. Um, mm. you know, And now we're getting the data sets through from our XAPI statements and SCORM statements that are going through the LRS. We can now go, oh, there's our top five courses that are being used. We can now yeah. go and create those top five courses, but with an engineering-specific uh, focus. And that's a bit I'm really excited about over the next year in content creation is... Making stuff for our industries that actually talks to them and about their job roles, and rather just being generic content all the time.
0: Yeah, it makes it so easy to change the content and also change the brand. I know you've rebranded some of your content when customers yeah. have requested it. So being able yeah. to do that as well, that flexibility, th- that whole thing of being able to create
1: it once. Mm. And if you can, if we, we, if you can get your content right, so it's not branded and you you don't write about yourselves in there because everybody tends to write about themselves at some point. <laughs> being able to just then redeploy in somebody else's brand makes it feel like it's theirs. And yeah. actually, that drives more enrollments, more completions, more adoption because it's seen, almost seen as company A's piece of learning rather yeah. than it being ECITB's piece of learning. ECITB just accrediting it underneath. It's... it 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 makes the whole point of what I'm here for is to make sure that people enroll and learn. And actually yeah. the more things that we can do to make it easier for people to enroll and learn the better.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think that makes sense. Great. Well, um, again, it's been really good to have you on and I'm really excited to hear about how you get on with the ECRTB once you get this fully uh, deployed and fully rolling. And great. um yeah I'll be sure back. I'll yeah it'll be great <laughs> to have you on in the future Talk about that yeah cheers cheers steve thanks a lot talk soon bye thank you